Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And by Wyndham Garden Lafayette. From Chopsticks Restaurant in Lafayette, we're out to lunch with creative business consultant Aileen Bennett. It's business Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Aileen Bennett. Welcome to Out to Lunch. No matter who you are, what you do, or where you live, there's no doubt that you're looking for the same thing out of life as every other human being in the world. Happiness. Happiness is the stated goal of almost every societal organization in recorded history, from ancient Hindu writings to the United States Declaration of Independence. Here in Acadiana, Taylor McMahon is doing his bit to increase the sum of human happiness, one app at a time. Taylor has created an app called Hope, Mindfulness and Prayer. You can download it for free on either Android or Apple devices, and thousands of people have. The Hope, Mindfulness and Prayer app is a guided meditation. It has a wide range of choices of music and spoken word. Each meditation focuses on a specific issue like stress, disappointment, healing a broken heart and many more. The app's unique niche in the self-help market is its combination of mindful meditations and Christian principles. Taylor McMahon, welcome to Out to Lunch. Happy to be here. Although most of us accept that finding happiness is our own individual responsibility we also seem to believe that our individual happiness has a greater chance of lasting if we're with someone else that's why we get married ironically in a search for long life happiness most marriages begin with the ultimate stress test a wedding if you've ever been in a wedding you'll know the seemingly endless layers of drama involved if you've ever planned a wedding or had to pay for it you'll know how expensive it can be the current generation of marrying americans millennials are getting married later and when it comes to weddings they're reportedly more cost conscious than their parents or grandparents were that's why Lauren Bercier's company, Something Borrowed Blooms, is a gigantic success story. Something Borrowed Blooms is a wedding flower rental company. Yes, you heard that correctly. Instead of buying expensive flowers for your wedding, you can rent artificial flowers that look real and even smell real. Lauren currently has a staff of 16 people. They're currently providing flowers for 400 weddings a month. Lauren, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you. Happy to be here. Taylor, according to the latest figures I've seen, between the Apple Store and Android's Google Play Store, there are a total of about 5 million apps available. Most of them are free, including your Hope, Mindfulness and Prayer app. So, two questions to start. One, how do you get anyone to find your app? And two, even if a million people download Hope, Mindfulness and Prayer, how do you make money? So while there's a lot of apps, there's only three Christian meditation apps. So we're kind of in a niche. Within Wait, that. only three Christian meditation yeah, apps? Yeah, so within the meditation market, there's a huge market. But we're kind of a niche within that market. And we, we our, our fans kind of find us. We, our our uh, budget is limited. So How do they find you? Well, right now we do a lot of outreach to influencers on Instagram. So we reach out to, there's a whole world of, of these influencers that nobody is really approaching because they approach people that are famous or semi-famous with 50,000 or 100,000 fans. But there's a whole lot of people with 10,000 or 20,000 fans, which is a huge outreach and they have a huge platform. Do you look for Christian influencers? 
Not necessarily, because statistically, most people grew up in a Christian home. And some of our biggest fans are people that grew up in Christian homes but now consider themselves spiritual, but they find themselves, they have an affinity for Jesus, they feel comfortable in that environment, but maybe they don't go back to church or any something like that, or like a Bible study, but they like it and it feels comfortable for them and it's a really easy reintroduction into meditation, into Christianity and into their faith and, and their parents are excited to help them pay for that if they're in college. So. And how do you make money from a free app? So we have 12 free meditations, um, which teach the basics of Christian mindfulness meditation. And it's just kind of generalized. We start off really easy, just make it comfortable, take some deep breaths. You know, we talk about how it works, what, what are the benefits of it. And we kind of work your way through it where they feel comfortable with the idea of silence and breathing and kind of guided Bible verses, that sort of thing. And then after the 12 free meditations, they can subscribe to access everything else for $70 a year or $10 a month. And how many people just stick with the free one and what percentage move over to the paid? Well, we do pretty well. So most subscriptions, so the freemium model, most people subscribe around 2%. We are subscribing a little over 5%. So we have a really strong subscri subscription model um, compared to most subscription businesses. That's so really good. It's, our, our cost is pretty much, it's a marketing business. You know, we have limited overhead. We make the thing once and we have the recording studio in, in my closet. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a low overhead business and we record and we can put them out for cheap and then it's, it's limited on the, the cost to us in terms of, of cloud space or sending out the data. Lauren, when I was doing research for this show, I googled wedding flower rentals and I found some pretty interesting stuff. Number one, something borrowed blooms comes out top of the first page. Sometimes Google will do that because of location, but even when I turn the location off, your website is still top of Google search. The next thing I discovered that there aren't many other companies doing this. And the third interesting discovery I made is that most of the search results on Google were wedding websites pointing back to something borrowed blooms. It looks to me like you totally own this wedding flower rental space nationwide. I'm not a professional researcher, so I could be wrong, am I? Have you and your partner managed to create and control a whole new industry? We did definitely create this brand new industry. Um, it was something that had not gone to market, especially at this scale, and there's no one else doing it at the same rate and level that we're um, currently operating at. So let's go over it again. You rent flowers, fake flowers, yes. artificial flowers. Yes. Premium silk flowers. Oh, sorry. Premium. Yeah. Premium silk flowers, yeah. that's what we call them. But they can smell like real flowers? Yes, so we do have the option where the customers can choose if they want a floral scented paper on top of their order or not. So there are some people that choose to rent uh, silk flowers because they actually have an allergy, so they want no scent. But there are the customers who do want the whole experience. So we'll include this really beautiful paper on top that has a, a floral scent. So, so how did the box, this business great. happen? Did you see flowers and say, oh, we could rent those? Yeah, actually it's my cousin Lakin Swan and I, um, we wanted to start a business and we started brainstorming about four years ago and we were so interested in the rent the runway concept how you could rent a really expensive item use it for a brief period of time and pay a fraction of the cost of that you know that uh, garment um, we thought that was so unique and that Millennials were just so on board with that and we thought we could apply that to a different market we had both recently gotten married and knew how expensive weddings were we also knew that you know I had buyers remorse for my own wedding flower experience I met with a florist told her what I liked hope she'd show up with that same idea in, in mind and and when the flowers arrived I was less than excited it just wasn't what I had in mind but the, by that point I'd spent thousands of dollars on these flowers so once we started really you know getting into that thought process we realized we could offer something totally different and also um, 
a better, a really, a much better so experience for the bride. So do you make these flowers yourself at home or do you buy them from somewhere? No, okay, so we actually hand select every single stem that we use in our arrangements. But So we go to market, we buy from large wholesalers. And um, when I say hand select, we pick out the best highest quality flowers that we can find for our uh, collections and then we have a production team um, who, who produces them and builds them out in the house so we have a floral staff of about mm, six people who um, who put the, the pieces together so okay so let's say I'm getting married it's okay if my husband's listening I'm not um, <laughs> but I'm getting married I, I come to you how long do I get the flowers for can I rent them for a week or is nope. it just that day yep so you have a four-day rental period so typically they're delivered two days before your event date so if you're married on on Saturday, you'll get delivered on Thursday, and then you return the following business day. So, uh, wait a minute, I've just been, I'm about to go on my honeymoon, but I have to pack up flowers and send them back to you? Yeah, so typically, you know, you'll ask like your mom or your sister or your maid of honor. Somebody's usually tasked with collecting and then returning the flowers. What happens if my guests take them home or pick some and put them in their buttonholes or don't realize that they're, they're not real and throw them away or yeah. they get ruined? What happens then? So that typically doesn't happen very often, but we do have terms in place. Um, if something doesn't get returned, you are charged a fee for that item. It's not, it, it, you know, it's like... Uh, a rental rate plus a little bit um, but that typically doesn't happen too much we're, we're very clear in the directions um, the, it comes with a checklist a return checklist so they can hand that to whoever is tasked with collecting everything so everything really you know comes back pretty 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 easily Taylor what made you decide like right we're gonna make was it it was kind of like Lauren was like we're gonna make a business now let's decide what it is is that how you started? Did you just start with let's make a business or let's make an app? No, let's choose. It, it, total opposite. So it was uh, by accident. I was actually in college studying to go to dental school. So I was in biology oh, okay. and chemistry. <laughs> yeah, so it, it was a, a, a very lot of different. For that. <laughs> well, that's actually kind of how it started. So I, you know, I, so I went to Louisiana Tech for art, actually. I was wanted to do graphic design. And uh, I kind of lost interest. I didn't like the idea. I didn't love building doing art for other people I felt like it lost some of his creativity because you have this you know checklist of things that they want and it's not really fun anymore so I changed I was like well I have some family members that are dentists I'll just I'll be a dentist so you so, went from graphic design yeah. to dentistry so, so biology and then so I I had struggled with anxiety and depression a little bit in high school but once I got into biology it was it skyrocketed it was just hours in the library alone, you're alone, you're studying, it's hard, you're stressed. And I got into meditation around that time. Um, once I got into meditation, it was just like a fish to water. I took to it and I read books, I tried out all the apps and I loved it. And I kept thinking, I, I, I found myself praying while doing the meditation. I was going to ask what the difference between meditation and prayer is. You know, it's... Um, I guess in its core, it's really not much different, but the problem is now that we've kind of programmed our brains to be ADD with the social media, it's the constant feedback. It's hard to like hold your attention on one thing and then you can't, you, we don't really have the mental skills to kind of relax ourselves. I'm gonna leave this here and I'm gonna focus on this, you know? So it helped me and, and what's funny is that I grew up in a Christian home and I consider myself Christian, but it was like, faith meant more to me as I experienced meditation because I was experiencing the benefits of that sort of relationship for the first time in my life. So I kind of rediscovered my faith while doing this, you know, just secular meditation apps. And I kept thinking like, somebody's got to do this, somebody's got to do this. And there were a few out there and they just weren't for me. They felt more geared towards 
um, older people and they felt more um, they felt like meditation more as a brand word and less as like an actual meditation. So I had had some experience in high school recording music. I'd gone to Nashville and written some songs and recorded it just for fun. So I had I had some experience in the studio and I went to my dad. You know, I, I don't do numbers, but he has an MBA and he's he's good at business. So I was like, hey, we need to do this. And he was like, no, like somebody else will do it. That's not like it's not worth it. And I went and showed him how much these other apps were making. I was like, look, there's a, there's a market here for this. And he was like, maybe we should do this. So uh, we we just went and um, Waiter at the time had just left Opportunity Machine. So I I was unaware of Opportunity Machine, but there was all these you know uh, articles about how they had just graduated and they were you know getting into this big office. And it was the incubator for Lafayette. So I went there and I met Zach Barker, who introduced me to my now business partner Scott Huber. We love Zach on this. Um, yeah, Zach's awesome. Zach's he's he has a knack for for picking you know good people and setting introductions. But so I met my business partner Scott. So me, Scott, and my dad and our uh, voice on the app all kind of teamed up together, and we started recording and we just started going for it. And, so and you went, went into there. an already crowded field, Lauren. You made your own field. Is there someone that's going to come along and steal this? Like, could Uber suddenly just start doing this and delivering? Artificial I mean, flowers. I'm sure, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's possible. I think that the likelihood, it's more likely, I think, for a fast follower to try to, like, kind of catch up to speed to where we are now, which we have seen about a year ago, so ago, we noted, we found a, a, another site that literally had copied and pasted our site onto theirs, you know, so we had to take legal action to kind of combat that. But is what you do proprietary in any it's way? It's really not. Um, there are elements to it that I would consider proprietary, like the way we ship our flowers. We do have, like, a custom inserts to keep everything nice and neatly in place. Um, I, our designs are proprietary in the fact that like we come up with the design we that we have stylists and designers who create them so you treat them that just like they're real flowers and do the arrangements yes. as if they're real flowers exactly in fact our, um, our lead floral designer and then a couple others on staff do have she's experienced in fresh floral uh, she's a florist by trade um, and in the fresh floral field so she just you know when she came on board I think our designs and just upgraded so tremendously so you have six people making the flowers did about that so. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what do the your other employees do? So we have another team of uh, employees that pack all the orders. So they do all the order fulfillments. They, you know, pick and pack and ship out the orders, orders going out each day. We have a customer service person. We have um, operations div, um, uh, director, who's actually my sister, and then Lakin and myself. So all How together. How many, in a typical week, how mm -hmm. many flowers are you sending out? Um, I'd say uh, close to 100. Uh, yeah, about so can you orders stay in Lafayette and scale this across the nation, or will you eventually just move to Austin? Um, well, I don't think Austin would be the next move. I think if we ever did have to have an, a second hub, it would be in Memphis. Um, that would probably be the most logistically, um, you know, well-placed position for us. Um, but so far, we're shipping throughout the whole entire country and into Canada, and we all are we are also uh, expanding our international reach by going to the Caribbean, uh, the Bahamas, and those areas for destination brides who are getting married there. So that's kind of our next avenue. And artificial flowers are perfect for them because yeah. they don't have to rely on somebody at the location. Right. Not only that is that we the feedback we get from uh, brides who are getting married at those resorts is that you know they get this option of flowers from a local florist, but it's typically not exactly what the American bride has in mind. 
It's, it's usually, you know, pretty vibrant in color, maybe not exactly what she's wanting for her special day. So, I mean, long-term plans, we're hoping to even, like, uh, create a partnership with some of the resorts that do host lots of weddings and be their floral partner. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Aileen Bennett. I'm talking with Lauren Bercier from Something Borrowed Blooms and Taylor McMahon from Hope, Mindfulness and Prayer. We'll be back after this brief break. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Aileen Bennett. I'm talking with Lauren Bercier from Something Borrowed Blooms and Taylor McMahon from Hope, Mindfulness and Prayer. Taylor, so is your plan to have like a family of apps? Yeah, that's the plan. So what's we'll, next? First, we'll, we'll have to kind of build out and really run the content really deep because the, the our goal is to make sure that people resubscribe, and you have to make that subscription worth their money, and that comes in the, the form of more meditations, more content, making sure that they don't run out of things where they're tired if they want, you know, you gotta keep it fresh for them. Because after that year, and they have to choose yeah, to exactly. Cancel, that's exactly. And, and, and the way things are moving, everybody has a subscription now, so I think the next big thing for subscriptions is making the subscription worth the money, the Amazon model. We're going to do video. We're going to do free shipping. We're going to do all these things. So it's adding more to that subscription and less in the form of, like, new subscription. Taylor and Lauren, this is the part of the show that we call The Interview. Whether you have a business, you inevitably have to hire people, either as employees or contract workers. In either case, you only have a limited amount of conversation with a potential hire to decide if this person is going to be a good fit for you and your company. Lately, there's been this interesting trend. They're both smiling because they know what's Grimacing, coming. Grimacing, really. They've done their research. <laughs> it consists of asking job applicants questions that test their ability to think through a problem. I have a list, and we've changed all the numbers around, so you can't know which numbers which I'm going to ask you each to pick a number between 1 and 20 and then I'll ask you a question and let's see what happens who wants to go first uh I'll go Lauren pick a number between 1 and 20 11 11 if I assembled three of your former supervisors in a room and asked them about you what would they say about you that's not true anymore probably laid back um, I'm not as laid back as I was before starting this company. And is that just because you're more stressed or because you had to become more in control? I think it's just because of the, the responsibilities that have come since starting the business. Um, I was much more laid back then. Before, this, before starting Something Borrowed Blooms, I was a teacher, but then I also I took some time off when I started having babies. So I, I lived a very casual, relaxed life for quite a few years and um, then started this business. And it's since then with the growth, you know, I mean, my, I, I would say my personality and some things about me have changed in that way. That Did you old, like your old self better or do you love who you are now? I really love who I am now. I really do. I mean, I, you can see it in her eyes. Yeah, she's like, yes. I really do. I feel like I'm finally, you know, seeing what I'm made of and, and, and able to kind and it flex those muscles and it, it feels really good. Taylor, pick a number. Oh man, um, eight. Eight. If you could trade places with any other person for a week, famous or not, living or dead, real or fictional, who would it be? Probably Daniel E.K., uh, Spotify CEO. I think they are on top of it with, with where um, music and streaming and audio is heading. I think they, they they seem to make every decision right, and I would just be interested about how they run their business and how he kind of handles all of that. Because it's a, it's a huge operation, and they seem to be flexible and 
they move quick. They, they're, they're, they're the most innovating large company around, in my opinion. And they've pivoted a few times. Yeah, they've pivoted and they seem to be able to see the future about like six years. So they, they kind of know where things are going. I would just be interested to hear how they, they manage that. So let's talk about what you've learned in running a business. Both of you had an idea and then it's different when it's a business. So what have you learned? I guess the biggest thing that I've learned is that I thought when, when we started this, I thought I was like, well, once we launch, it'll, it'll be easy. And then once we launch, it's like, well, this is a lot harder than making it. <laughs> once we reach this level and it's like, oh, well, this is, this is harder than it was before but you know the thing is is I'm not sure that's something that should be learned by entrepreneurs because if they knew that each stage was progressively harder they wouldn't have done it in the first <laughs> yeah. place I agree and like kind of to that effect I think um, what I've learned is um, about myself and the business in general is like to constantly innovate I think when I first started the business we had the idea I saw it clearly <laughs> okay, okay this is how we're gonna do it and we'll be done and that's just how we'll operate and at that point you know our goal was to do 12 weddings a month that was the goal well and here we are in a couple two years later and we're doing 400 weddings a month so I mean the growth in that comes along with not just thinking one step ahead but thinking two steps ahead and I think find myself doing that all the time now. So is the primary looking at the future. Is the primary reason you both started a business to make money or was there another driving force? I mean, for me, yeah, I was very um, driven by being able to have a profitable business, but that also made a, a real difference. I'm really proud of the fact that it is a totally new market concept um, and the fact that brides around the country are just singing the highest prices about my business. So if flowers normally cost thousands, what's the price for yours? We're typically 70% less expensive. 70%. So the brides are really saving thousands of dollars in their wedding budget. So we, it's not uncommon for us to get handwritten thank you notes back with the flowers. Brides are always like, thank you so much. The flowers were awesome, you know. But we get messages all the time from brides saying um, things like, my fiance and I were able to take the honeymoon of our dreams because of the flowers we save, because of the money we save by renting our wedding flowers. I'm not crying. So things like that that are really powerful in someone's life. And Taylor, is money the driver for you or helping people or something else? Something else probably. I, I think the biggest thing for me is that I was frustrated by what was available. I was frustrated by the the media options for Christians specifically, and, and specifically young Christians. It was I felt that they had kind of not dropped the ball, but just nobody was really doing it. It, it was just I wanted to move into a space and help people connect in new ways because I saw the potential of even things like. Jesus Calling, which is a very popular daily devotional book, and people my age loved it, and it was like it spoke to them in a certain way that other media had not. So I knew it was possible, and I wanted to make sure that somebody, you know, was at least cracking the door and proving that it, it could be done, that these young people could be reached. You just have to think about it differently. And so for us, it was kind of showing the potential of, of the space and really trying to help, um, you know, young people get Christian media in a cool, functional way right now but I mean obviously if if it, money were not a, you know part of it then we wouldn't I want to be able to you know right now we dump everything back in because we don't have any outside funding so we, everything that we make we put it back in we don't take salaries we don't do any of that and that's just so we can grow faster but and the goal would be to you know have everybody that contributed and had every, all the founders have full-time jobs I mean that how is are you living without taking the salary I moved back home with my parents. <laughs> wow, that's yeah, dedication. Yeah, I quit my job. I was selling insurance for State Farm, so I quit my job, 
moved back home with my parents. Um, I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in until... And until as Spotify is like your hero company, what's next for you guys? Is it music? Is it video? What's the, what's the um, next step on the app? I don't, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to give my competitors a lead, but we're going to stick with really where we are. There's a lot more to do. There's, there's, it will be at least a year or two before we start expanding because there's just, even, not even just di diving deeper on the sections that we have currently, there's all sorts of things that you can do that make it really fun and interesting and we can do longer meditations, we can do shorter meditations, but those all require a level of, you have to change the way that you write it, you have to change the way that you structure. So just like with this podcast for instance, like you're, you're gonna go in and edit and structure this thing so it has a nice character arc and it has a nice story structure. We do the same thing with meditation. So we record 30 minutes of audio and we edit it down to 10 minutes and we do it to specifically create an emotional you know crescendo kind of where they feel really good and then we close it out with like some different things to make them feel really good about the experience and that changes with each new iteration of the topic or the length of the meditation anything like that Lauren are you going to diversify into other wedding things? Can they rent food, dresses? So we've expanded a bit recently by offering more decor items. So we've um, integrated like brass candlesticks and LED powered uh, candles. And we also have, are going to be adding on um, lanterns and things like that. So everything we're focused on right now as far as product lines, it is more um, floral decor is what we're really focused on. I think our expansion will come in the form of brighter, broader territories. So I mentioned earlier we are shipping to Canada. We've been doing that for almost a year. I think we could probably ramp up our advertising efforts there and then also really expand in the, in the Caribbean and in that area. So I do have a question. Yeah. Traditionally at a wedding there's a bridal that bride yeah. tosses the bouquet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What happens to that? Do you have to toss it, someone catch it, and then you go, excuse me, you have to give that back? <laughs> no, actually we provide a complimentary toss bouquet for each bride to keep. Yep, so it comes Genius. with your wedding order. Yes. Yep. A lot of business pundits these days are fond of quoting hockey player Wayne Gretzky who said, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. It's a great quote because it's true. The difference between successful people and the rest of us, successful people have an idea and they actually do something about it. Lauren and Taylor, both of you had great ideas and you've done the hard work it takes to make those ideas into reality. Congratulations on everything you've achieved so far and we look forward to keeping up with your continued success. Thank you both for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Thank you. It was fun. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Taylor McMahon, founder and CEO of Hope, Mindfulness and Prayer, and Lauren Bercier, co-founder and CEO of Something Borrowed Blooms. You can find out more about Taylor's app and Lauren's flowers by following the links on our websites, krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Morell. Our researchers are Anne Christian and Ali Coates. Today's show was engineered by Blake Langanay. If you want to know what we all look like, you'll find photos from this show on our website, itsacadiana.com, and on our It's Acadiana Facebook page. These photos were taken by Lucius A. Fontenot. You can find out more about Lucius at lafphoto.com. You can get this show and past shows as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts, including Spotify. And you can find all our podcasts at itsacadiana.com. You can also keep up with us on our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and you'll find those links on our website, itsacadiana.com. Out to lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. 
I'm Aileen Bennett. Thanks for joining me today. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the lunch table for more business at Kadiana Style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch is recorded live at Chopsticks Restaurant in Lafayette, where East meets Southwest. Authentic Chinese cuisine prepared with fresh local ingredients. The Out to Lunch Acadiana theme music, Encore Monsieur, Nice Guy, is written by Mitchell Foreman and performed by Mitchell Foreman and Andre Michaud. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by... Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Support for Out to Lunch Acadiana comes from the Wyndham Garden Lafayette, located off Pinhook near Cali's Saloon. Wyndham Garden Lafayette is a pet and family-friendly hotel with reception space for large and intimate events, free parking, free Wi-Fi, and a free shuttle within three miles that includes the airport and downtown restaurants.